Blog Talk Radio. You say, four more years of Trump's not a price that you're willing to pay. You cry when you see breaking news cause you know Trump's a really dumb guy. Why so sad? You know that we proved our derangement in 2016. Now he's making us mad. Remember, despite his arraignments, he's still there. We'll fight back on the show that is called Liberal Dan Radio. We'll fight back on the air. Call me up and show me that you care. Listens rise, ratings fall, and I'll keep broadcasting through it all. So subscribe, don't be late, and you'll hear me on Blog Talk Radio on Wednesday nights at 8. Da 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 To join the conversation, it's area code 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. If you're listening during the live broadcast, you can always join us in the chat room at the episode page on blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. You can join, log in with your free blogtalkradio.com account and join us in the chat room. Leave your questions and comments there. And if you're listening after the live broadcast, you can always leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc. over on the show thread at liberaldan.com, on facebook.com slash liberaldan, or comment at liberaldanradio on Twitter, and leave your comments there as well. Um, we also have the minicast at anchor.fm slash liberaldan. And if you want to support the podcast, YouTube channel, everything else, you can go to patreon.com slash liberaldan as well and uh, make your contributions there to help the show be better than it can and ever can be ever has ever will be whatever however you want to say it you can help make it better simply by helping to contribute to the show uh, we uh, had a bunch of stuff going on this week of course today was the night of the uh, vice presidential debate between senator kamala harris and vice president mike pence and it went probably as you expected it to be. Uh, we did have uh, probably a little more decorum than the last debate between Trump and Biden, uh, mostly to the fault of Joe Biden. There, there was some interrupting on both sides. Um, I did like uh, Kamala Harris when she said, you know, I'm speaking. You know, I'm speaking. It's my turn to speak. You know, she handled it in a very calm, rational way. There was one time where she did interrupt, uh, and, and that 
might be used against her, but there were more times that Pence interrupted. And so it'd be kind of hard for people to be critical of Senator Harris for that. Um, when Pence did it more often, uh, there was very little bit of a time on, in debate uh, when Pence uh, did, you know, actually answer questions. Uh, did did he answer questions ever? I don't know. It, it, it the, there might have been a few, but there was like that one. There's one question on if Roe versus Wade is overturned. Uh, what would you want Indiana to do on abortion? Now, to be fair, Senator Harris also did not answer the question exactly, although she did say that she supports a woman's right to choose as part of that answer. And it took Pence until some point after that, that he is non uh, unashamedly pro, he is unashamedly pro life. And there's a bunch of stuff to to talk about on, on that issue. And, and I really don't know where to go first because we do have the debate. I mean, we can talk about the debate, but we should talk about what happened before the debate, which was the, the before I even remembered that I wanted to do a live or I was going to do a podcast after the live stream of, of the vice presidential debate. And look, unless we get callers uh, uh, tonight, and I know this is later than normal, I may make this episode a little shorter simply because of the fact that I was on YouTube for about an hour and a half. Uh, discussing issues and bringing up points and fact-checking when possible, um, including the lie that Pence told about. Um, I was like, oh, there, we we have lower, less uh, carbon emissions now than at any time in history. <clears throat> False. Sorry. Uh, I shared uh, over uh, on Twitter uh, at Liberal Radio on Twitter. I shared this link at least twice, and I also discussed it. Uh, on the live stream, youtube.com slash uh, Liberal Day and Radio. If uh, you go, that, there's some article, that, that that article is there, and, and basically confirming that under Donald Trump, we do we did see a spike in 2018, like 2.9% spike in carbon emissions. Uh, it has decreased a little bit since then, but we have more carbon emissions now during the Trump administration than we had previously, so or the, the, I guess the Obama administration. So it is a falsehood to state that uh, greenhouse gases are uh, that greenhouse gases were uh, have decreased under Trump. So um, there is that, and. So somebody is actually trying to suggest that I wasn't watching the debate, uh, that he rarely answered a question. Um, I'll give a link to my own <laughs> live stream where clearly I show that he, uh, that's where I watched. That's where I was watching the debate. There it is right there. He asked the question, you get the answer. <laughs> anyway, so, but first, uh, the, the, the elephant in the room, so to speak, uh, besides Pence, is the fact that Donald Trump got COVID after after in the debate he mocked Biden for wearing a mask and I said during the debate and I said after the pod the day after the podcast I said that too that it's better to be have more precaution than less it's better 
to have to be more careful than less careful. It's it's like there's the radio show host that I was talking about, Jeff Croyer. He was constantly he would be constantly talking about um, people who would be driving in a car by themselves wearing a mask and mocking them for doing so. Well, yeah, it's kind of silly to wear a mask in a car that you are driving and no one else is in the car with you. Yes, that's kind of silly. You don't need to do that. But I'd rather somebody be overzealous with wearing of a mask than not wearing a mask enough or properly. And Trump openly mocked Biden wearing a mask, saying, suggesting that he was hiding something. And then it turns out days later, Donald Trump, first you had Hope Hicks, then you had other people testing, then you had Donald Trump say, we are positive for COVID-19. And the Schadenfreude, oh my goodness, the Schadenfreude, the just the sheer utter joy of people, you know, oh, you're so bad, you shouldn't be mocking this president getting sick, what happened to decorum and decency? This is coming from the people who were dancing around doing a little jig over the fact that Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away. Oh, now we get to name a Supreme Court nomination. Now we get to take over the Supreme Court. <laughs> you know, they're all laughing about her dying, and then they mock the deaths of, of, of the people that died from COVID previously. Oh, well, they were just, you know, weak people and strong people. You know, you got to call the herd and all that other crap that they would be, they would be saying. And they... All of a sudden, now that their dear leader has been infected by the virus that he has perpetuated in this country, you know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes, they're, they're, they're not being nice to our president. Well, I'm sorry, but, you know, it is what it is. Oh, wait, wait. No. Let, let, me, let me let Donald answer that for you. They're, they're making fun of a president for getting sick and hoping that he would die. It is what it is. And see, if I didn't, I didn't want Donald Trump to die from COVID-19 because it is my hope of hopes, dream of dreams, that not only does Donald Trump lose this election, but that he's utterly crushed and humiliated. This is in play, for Christ's sake. Texas. Who now, now, people were saying, oh, well, what if? Texas is legitimately in play. Trump has bungled this response so poorly. He's had such a lack of decorum. When they poll 65-plus voters, Trump, that was a group that Trump solidly had in his corner in 2016. These people, as, as it was said on some news channel, want somebody who has a modicum of decorum. They want somebody who's going to be trustworthy, and he's just not. And Biden has now, I think, in the lead with people 65 plus. For Trump, to, or if he's not in the lead, he, he, he gained like 20 points or something. Like, it's crazy how much, Trump, how much Trump has lost of that vote. He's lost women. And there, I, I, I would tend to think that potentially he might have lost even more women because you might have the women who their husbands are like, well, of course, honey, I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. He's my hero. Then everybody would go, 
screw that guy. I'm not voting for him. Blah blah blah. You know, I don't think that that's that that's out of the realm of possibility. But I mean, he's they're even in Ohio. I mean, Ohio used to be blue, but they're even in Ohio. They're he's way ahead in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin. Uh, he's Biden's leading in Florida. I mean, you just need three of those. You just need Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania. But if you can pull off Ohio and Florida and and Texas, I mean, if you pull off Texas, it's game over. If Texas goes Biden, it's absolutely good. And that's why the Texas governor did what he did. And what did the Texas governor do? The Texas governor said, oh, no, we're going to uh, make sure that there's only one place per county. To, to drop off absentee ballots or, or early ballots or whatever mail-in votes. If you want to go return it by in hand, there's only going to be one location per county. It doesn't matter what the population of the county is. Harris County is the one oft looked at. It is a very densely populated county versus someplace out in like the western part of Texas that might have like a couple thousand people in it versus like millions. Like, it's it's night and day, but you're only supposed to have one location? Come on. It's not, they're not even trying to pretend anymore. They're not even trying to pretend that they're trying to be any way fair. They clearly don't want to be fair. They clearly don't want to have votes counted. Because, and if, if I've talked about, and I've talked about this on the radio before. I, I was talking about this with, with, my wife last night. Let, let's go back in time. Have a little dream seeker. Uh, it was a dream seeker. It was like from Wayne's World. So we're going to go back in time. We're going to go back to about, I want to say, 2005. Maybe it was 2006. One of the two. I don't remember which one it was. But the city of Kenner needed to have a committee formed on some charter revisions. And there was one specifically that they needed because I pointed out to the council. I'm the one who pointed it out to the Kenner City Council. Not their lawyers, not the people they pay to write these things, but the law that they just passed or the used to be that you would have the one person would be who is an at-large person would be the president of the council and the other at-large person I think or would be the vice president or so or the the president of the council had to come from two at-large seats and they changed it so that a district council person could be the president of the council so even though that person wasn't elected at a citywide seat uh, the that person could serve as president of the council, and the wording of the of the of the law, or maybe the wording of not this law, but the the wording of the who becomes the vice president of the council is the other council at large person would be the vice president of the council. Now, let me ask you something: if you if if you have two at large seats and district three or C or whatever it was is the council president 
and the law says the other at-large person becomes the vice president, what happens? There, that's vagary. And I pointed it out to them, and they're like, well, crap, we messed up, and here's Dan. That wasn't liberal Dan at the time, but here's Dan telling, showing us this guy, this rabble-rouser who's always causing problems at the meeting, trying to bring his liberal ideology to conservative Kenner. Here comes Dan. He's uh, showing us how we messed up. I think it was in, I think it was in 2005 or early 2006, because at later on, I think I ran for this District C seat afterwards. Of course, it's a conservative district that I lost. Whatever, Kenner's conservative. I lost the at-large seat. Whatever. But so we're in this council. We're, so I was. I called for a charter committee to be formed. I said, this, we, need, so we need a charter committee to form to make amendments to the charter, and perhaps we can look at other amendments to the charter as well to be able to fix certain things, because there were other problems in the charter that needed to be updated. There were some antiquated things in that charter. And I was calling for the charter, and I was talking to the, I think it was, I think it was in April, of 2005 when this happened or when, when they were discussing it because there was an ingoing and outgoing and I was talking to both um, John Laverine who was the outgoing and the, and the incoming maybe no maybe it was 2006 now that I'm thinking about it because um, the out, John Laverine was the one who defeated me in 2005 um, and I was and Michelle Brannigan was the one that was replacing him in 2006 and this clearly had to be in 2006 those after the election not that that's important, but both of them were convinced by me that I should be one of the people who served on this committee simply because of the fact that I was the one that showed the need for it. So we go on the committee. And City Kenner had some factions at the time. Now, the person who – there was the Phil Capitano faction, which was like the pro-fire department faction – then there was the Nick Kinjemi faction, which was the pro-police faction. And then there was me, who was like, why do you fight between the police and fire department? Both of y'all are serving the public. Why, why are we going to elect people who are going to cause friction between the two groups? Didn't make sense to me at all. Not one, not one bit. So... So, and then the third person actually wound up running and winning and knocked both of them off, a Republican, different Republican. All, all three of them were Republicans. Because, again, Kenner is a very conservative city. And some people were mad that me, a, a liberal Democrat, got put on a charter committee. Well, what happened in the middle of the debate? Like, there was a discussion, and there was... I want to say her name was Rosa, and, and, and she was a very strong Capitano supporter. We butted heads a lot, because even though, you know, I supported the fire department, I supported the police, but I felt that, that the Capitano administration was very harsh, very bad for the police, and did some actions that I so took as threatened the safety of the citizens of Kenner because of the political games they were playing with the police. And despite the fact that the police chief wouldn't get behind me, um, I did 
feel that there was some liking there of some of the police who who appreciated the fact that I was standing up against the bull. But because I wouldn't back down and because I wouldn't just concede and say, okay, okay, Jimmy, I'm not going to, you know, not going to just acquiesce to what your wishes are. Um, because of that, the, the people at Sport Jimmy were also not happy with me. But I go on the and, – and, and I was named to the committee in part from an outgoing Kajemi supporter and an incoming Capitano supporter. Um, so I, I don't think people were pleased about that. But the, the Capitano supporter with whom I feuded with more bigly to, to take some Trump words um, was trying to say something. And people were cutting her off. And I disagreed with her. And I knew I was going to disagree with probably anything that she said. I want to say the conversation was about, uh, we were having a discussion about whether or not uh, people who do business with the city should be able to make campaign contributions to politicians in the city. And I had brought this up because it was a very important issue to me that when I was running, that people not be able to buy influence by making political contributions. And maybe this wasn't the topic because somebody else was basically was like, we shouldn't, if somebody wants to make a contribution to a political campaign, that that politician should absolutely be able to pay that person. And I was like, what? Are you kidding me? It's the exact opposite of good government. No, it's not, that should not be the case. But anyway, so I really want to say her name was Rosa. She speaks up and that she's getting cut off. And I, and I speak up and I'm like, excuse me, every single one of us on this committee was chosen by a member of the council or the mayor or somebody else in, in, in power to represent the people of their district. And every one of us should have a say and be able to voice our opinions. So can we please allow this person to continue. She continued. And then I took notes on what she said. And I said, well, thank you very much for your input, but here's where I disagree with what you said. And even if I, I mean, I would have said, even if I didn't have a rebuttal, I would have still felt that she should have had the ability to speak. And I got crap for it because those people didn't believe that people who disagree with them shouldn't be able to have a say in what goes on. So I got grief for it. But it's the same mentality of the Republican Party today. It's the same mentality of, you know, well, these people don't agree with us, so therefore we are going to make it harder for them to vote. We are going to put obstacles in their way. We're going to flat out remove them from the voting list. We're gonna, and then we're going to fight tooth and nail to have their ballots thrown out. President Trump has literally said this on, on the debate stage, that he wants to eliminate, that he wants to throw the ballots away. That's, what, that's how he'll win, is by throwing ballots away. If you legally cast a ballot, if, if, you, if you legally cast a ballot, you should have that ballot counted. And if you think that your ideas are the best ideas for this country, you should be open to having everybody vote and 
if your ideas were truly the best for the country, your votes would you would get the most votes and you would win. But they know that the majority of this country disagrees with them. So they are going to fight tooth and nail to throw every single ballot out they can. That's why they're stacking the courts. And I'm not calling what, no, what, what Senator Harris called this packing and they're stacking. So Pence wanted to ask if Senator Harris and Joe Biden would pack the court. And I think they should pack the court. I'm not going to play any games about it. I absolutely think that they should pack the court because of the games that they played, the sheer hypocrisy of Pence to say that they're trying to change the rules when y'all change your own rules all the time. You change your rules. Don't come at me with change that, that we're changing ours. But it's within the rules. It is absolutely within the rules to change the size of the Supreme Court. Period. Absolutely. End of story. There's no, there's no going outside of the rules. That you, if you control the Congress, if you control the presidency, you can change the size of the court as you see fit. Now, are there political consequences to doing this? Absolutely there would be, potentially, if people don't want to, to see the, the, the size of the change in the court as, to be as great as it was made. Obviously, there's a, you can't say, okay, well, we're going to put 21 seats on the Supreme Court. We're going to add... 12 seats to the Supreme Court. Obviously, that's ridiculous, and obviously no one's going to do that because obviously they would suffer greatly at the polls in two years, let alone four. But 15's not unreasonable. 13 is probably where you want to be. 11 is a little bit too little, considering the shenanigans that were played by the Republicans. But again, don't come at me trying to say that the Democrats are trying to change the rules when they're not. The rules simply state that you know the, the Congress can control the size of the courts. Changing the rules is saying in 2016 that a in an election year you should not be able to name a Supreme Court justice, and that if this happens in 2020 that you should use these comments against us, and then in 2020 say, oh well, it's different now. That's changing your own rules, period. Anyway, let's go ahead and take our first, probably only, commercial break. Come back, take your calls as well, 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. All right, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say, sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family. Because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. 
To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Day and Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show. Mmm, yeah. Greetings. This is Nimbus Josh, host of the Percy Podcast. What is the Percy Podcast? <laughs> well, it's pretty much the smoothest talking host you'll ever hear in your life talking about all kinds of things, political things, nerdy things, fun things, not so fun things. Go ahead, give a listen, and follow at the Percy Podcast for more updates and information. Why not sit back and take a listen to one of the best podcasts you'll ever hear and no one else will. <laughs> Catch you on the tune. Would you like to support Liberal Dan Radio? Would you like a shout-out on the podcast or the minicast? Would you like to purchase advertising or sponsor a bit like Hypocrite of the Week or Words of Redneck Wisdom? You can even sponsor the whole hour. Then become a Liberal Dan Patreon. You can help me grow my audience, and for a limited time, first-hour advertisers will lock in their rates for the life of the podcast. Head on over to patreon.com slash liberaldan and support the show today. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. It's Hawk from the Left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming to you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. And, of course, you can join us in the show chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. Sign in for your free account and go to the episode page. Go to the bottom, and that's where the talk, the chat area is. And, again, if you're listening after live broadcast, you can always leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc., over on the show thread at liberaldan.com, facebook.com slash liberaldan, or at liberaldanradio on Twitter. Now, uh, so now we're getting back to the uh, points of, of the uh, show, which is the post-debate uh, discussion. Um, obviously, and also the discussion of Trump and the ridiculousness. And, you know, Trump, Named Pence the head of the task force for COVID-19. And for him to mock the plexiglass barriers between them, I mean, obviously they didn't want to see the plexiglass barriers because then they have to admit that it's a bigger threat than they want to admit that it is. And the Trump administration has been downplaying this virus from day one. And during this debate, Pence clearly showed that he's not, not willing to also be responsible uh, on you know, the, the important things pertaining to this uh, infection, this disease, this pandemic. So let's, let's you know, go back, going back to uh, what uh, earlier in the debate, uh, you had Pence saying that Biden said that the China ban was xenophobic. Now, I've talked about this in the show before, but I do feel the need that we need to talk about it again. Um, that you have Donald Trump, who ran on a platform of a total incomplete ban on Muslims entering the country. You had Donald Trump talking about 
building a wall to prevent people from coming here from Mexico because it could make Mexico sending us all their rapists and murderers, some of whom are good people. Now, when you have somebody who runs for office on xenophobia and racism and bigotry, which Trump clearly did, how can you expect that somebody would not take the the ban on travel to China or from China as being anything but bigoted? Furthermore, because Trump is such a fragile snowflake and can't handle any criticism, when the World Health Organization stated that his the money that the United States spent and the effort and time that the United States spent on enforcing the ban of tra- ban of travel from China to the United States, the amount of time spent implementing and, and, and making sure that doesn't happen, the travel doesn't happen from China to the U.S., can be better spent other places. And so that's what experts in the World Health Organization said, that you, there are more effective ways than banning travel to combat the spread of this disease. Trump didn't like that. He doesn't like being corrected. He doesn't like, he feels, he doesn't like being embarrassed. He, through a tantrum, and had us leave the WHO because he can't handle criticism. But when you have evidence and scientists saying that there are more effective ways to fight the spread of the virus than enforcing a travel ban, and you reject that out of hand, you can't then say, as Pence did, we're going to support the science. No. Then, later on in the debate, you wind up having uh, Senator Harris was pointing out that the administration failed. Pence spun this I wouldn't say masterfully because it was transparent as to what he was, that he was lying. The Harris was saying that the American people failed. No, that's not what he said at all. But he also said that the American people made sacrifices and that the sacrifices were worth it. Really? If that clip doesn't get played over and over and over and over and over and over again, on commercials, the sacrifices, 20,000 in deaths, are worth it? That's not worth it. Clearly it's not worth it. But to them it is because they are more concerned with putting the economy back into where it was without regards to the loss of life. To them, money is more important than lives. And they've made that plain as day. They've made it plain as day before the debates, during the debates. They'll make it plain as day up through the election. If they're allowed to continue, they'll, they'll prove that beyond. And here's one other thing that I forgot to bring up over the fact that Trump said in the last week, he flat out said that he wasn't going to pass a stimulus bill until after he's reelected. Talk about quid pro quo. Pro quo to the extreme. He's flat out telling American people, I'm not going to give you what you want unless you reelect me. So that means that if the Americans do reject him and vote to elect Biden and Harris to be the next president and vice president of the United States, that between the, the time that we determine that Biden is, in fact, the winner and January 20th, that the Trump administration is not going to do anything 
to help American people? He's just, people? He's just going to say, well, you didn't vote for me, so I'm not going to let you have anything. I'm a spa. I'm taking my ball. I'm going home. If Trump's really going to do that, that's just proof that we can't elect him because he's a child. He is a child. My seven-year-old is more mature than Donald Trump. And my seven-year-old's a seven-year-old. Mike Pence said the American people, given the facts, will care and watch out for their fellow neighbor. Sturgis says otherwise. The constant fighting of wearing masks says otherwise. The wedding that took place in Maine that was a super spreader event said otherwise. The people at the introduction to Amy Coney Barrett after the nomination of her to fill the vacancy on the Supreme Court says otherwise. American people do not. It's a certain set of the American people. There's a bunch of Americans, a bunch of people living in this country who have absolutely taken this, taken it seriously, wore masks, stayed socially distanced, stayed home, stopped doing what they would want to do because they don't want to get themselves sick and they don't want to get other people sick. I'd like to consider myself a part of that number of people who are taking this seriously. They rarely go out to do anything other than errands. I rarely get food out. And when I do, it's takeout. I don't eat in. Go in, get my food. Either if I'm running errands, I eat in my car, or maybe I bring the food home so that me and my wife can enjoy a good meal. Socially distanced from other people. People. These other people, the, 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 next, the planned next artist uh, who was supposed to perform on Saturday Night Live has videos of himself in Alabama partying at bars and and making out with random people i'm not opposed if you want to make if you if you're doing things consensually with other people that's typically fine but you're putting yourselves and others at risk he wasn't wearing a mask properly sat at hooters eating not wearing a mask when he's not eating like seriously these people there, there is no more better proof than pence was wrong than watching how much the American people or certain American people fight wearing masks and fight social distancing and say, it's about my freedom. No, you don't have the freedom to make other people sick, or at least you shouldn't. Pence talked about record time vaccines and the inability of the Obama administration to deal with the H1N1 virus. The Obama administration got a virus, got a vaccine out in six months. We knew about the virus in April, and by October, the vaccine was produced. Ridiculous. End all and be all of how dangerous the virus is. There were 60 million cases of the H1N1 virus, 12,000 deaths, compared to 6 million cases of COVID, 200,000 deaths. COVID-19 is much more deadly than H1N1. So the the, the insistence of this administration to keep trying to compare the two is absurd. It just doesn't follow science. But uh, they don't follow science. They just don't. Abortion came up. And, of course, Penn, they said if you know, Roe versus Wade was overturned, what would you want to happen in Illinois or in Indiana? I'm sorry. What would you want to have happen in California to Senator Kamala Harris? 
And again, Pence just dodged the question. Talked about Amy Coney Barrett instead. We all know Pence would want to see abortion gone. I mean, is it, maybe it's a silly question. Let's be clear. Pence brought up the funding of Planned Parenthood. Again, when Jeb Bush defunded Planned Parenthood, Jeb Bush, he, the next year in Florida, abortion rates went up. When Hickenlooper funded universal birth control in Colorado, unwanted pregnancies went down, which means abortions went down. Simple. Liberal policies support people having autonomy over their bodies, not just while they're pregnant, but before they're pregnant. And as such, they're able to prevent unwanted pregnancies and thus prevent abortions. Conservative policies don't allow for such things, don't allow for universal birth control, and instead just want to ban activities or ban the payment of them, well, then abortions don't go up because unwanted pregnancies go up. But conservatives believe supply-side economics. They believe if you build it, they will come. They believe that that's why Planned Parenthood opens in black neighborhoods to go kill black babies. No. Planned Parenthood opens where there's demand for their services. No more, no less. You can't create demand for abortion where none exists. It's not going to happen. And I'll tell you, there's lots of conservatives who do demand abortion, who go to these places or who get flown to other places so that their friends and loved ones and families can't see them going to go do the sinful act of having an abortion because, well, abortion is all you know, horrible for what other people do it. But, oops, when I get pregnant. If I get pregnant as a conservative, I need to make sure that I stay, that people don't know about it, but I can go get abortion anyway. So it is what it is. Oh, wait, wait, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, Donald. That's, that's, that's your line. It is what it is. Finally, you know, they had the question, the eighth grader, Brecklin, asked the question about the vitriol. And, of course, this is the perfect question for uh, Harris to answer and, Pence the flub because Pence really couldn't answer the question because he he knows that this president is responsible for much of the vitriol that goes on within our country. But Joe Biden has an years of experience of reaching across the aisle and working with the other side. He even said it the other day at the town hall that he had in Florida that you don't attack the person's motives. You can You can attack their ideas, but you don't attack their motives. And that's how you work together across the aisle with people. He has years of experience doing just that. So it was the perfect question to end that debate. And even though it wasn't as childish as the last one, and you know, I don't think Harris won the debate in a resounding fashion as compared to whatever. And you're going to have, I mean, Eric Trump was like, Oh, Mike Pence is nailing us if he would say anything else. But look, I am, as much as you don't want to believe it if you're conservative, I am willing to be impartial. If Mike Pence beat Kamala Harris at this debate, I would absolutely admit it. I would say, oh, he outperformed himself. He, he did one. No, but he didn't. He didn't. He absolutely didn't. Senator Harris owned him from, from start to finish. 
I mean, she started off calling it basically an abject failure in, in this virus and everything else that they've done. She laid out the cases to why they're an abject failure and laid out the cases to why you should vote for Joe Biden because he will work to help bring the country together. And every single time, Pence started trying to bring up, you know, there would end up the Joe Biden does not want to. She went, well, you ran for president. She didn't win the nomination. She didn't win. You could bring up her policy. She didn't win the nomination, period. Maybe if they win, and maybe if Joe Biden were to croak, knock on wood that he doesn't, but maybe if he were, doesn't croak, knock on wood that he does win, maybe if she was able to become president at some point, she would then want to change what she would want to do. But at this point, it's Joe Biden's party. It's Joe Biden's campaign. So they're not banning fossil fuels. They're not banning fracking. And the only reason I could think that he would want to keep repeat that to force Harris to say that they're not going to ban fracking is only to make sure, make them say that they're not going to ban fracking to try and lose, try and lose the progressive votes. It's the only reason why they would do that. Simple as that. Even though it makes Trump and Pence look like a bunch of ridiculous, petty liars, they don't care at this point. Because I think they've had their max of how many people they can get to vote for them. They just need to now worry about making sure that people don't vote for Biden and Harris. And that's why they're doing what they're doing. That's why Biden gets called a socialist by Trump, even though he's furthest from it. I'll so that's what they're probably trying to hope to do here. They're probably trying to hope to make it so that less people vote for Biden and Harris because they're trying to paint them as being, just trying to force them to say, we're not as progressive as you're saying that we are in the hopes that they lose progressive votes. And it's just that simple. And maybe some people will fall for it, but I don't, I think they're over or they're not estimating the American people correctly. I don't think that it's going to have that big of a case, and hopefully I'm right. Anyway, I actually talked for about seven, seven minutes longer, eight minutes longer than I thought I would this show. Uh, I did manage to talk a little bit before the first break about, you know, things that I wasn't expecting to talk about. Uh, went on my little rant on Kenner for a while, but I said it is what it is. But because I did an hour and a half on YouTube, and now I've also just done about 48 minutes on on blog talk radio i'm going to go ahead and call it a night a little bit early today um but thank you very much for listening to the show thank you very much for tuning in remember to subscribe here uh log in for your free blog talk radio.com slash liberal dan account or just blog talk radio account subscribe to liberal dan channel follow me here so you can get notifications of whenever we start uh you can also uh Follow me and subscribe. If you go to liberaldan.com, there's all of my social media links are on on the page. It's one of the top tabs you can go to. You can find all the different ways you can follow me on social media. Facebook.com slash liberaldan. Liberaldan Radio on Twitter. Liberaldan Radio on YouTube. Liberaldan Radio on TikTok. All the different places you can find me, that's where you can go find me. And you can find that there. Of course, one of the most important ones, the one that I hope that people start taking off with, patreon.com slash liberal Dan as well uh, will enable you to help support the show as little as three bucks a month. You know, if I, you know, if I get, if I got a thousand people, again, thousand people contributing 10 bucks a month, I could do this show full time. I'm not even hoping for that at the moment. I don't think it's realistic at the moment, but if I could get a decent little chunk of people donating a decent little bit, 
I think I'd be able to expand the show and make it even better than it was and maybe do it more than once a week, maybe do more videos as well. Anyway, that's the end of this week's episode, Liberal Day and Radio, Talk from the Left, that's right. Uh, next week, we'll be back normal time, 8 p.m. Central, blogstockradio.com, slash Liberal Day. Check out all my other social media spots as well, just to see where I'm going to be, what I'm going to post, when I post, and make sure to interact with me. Let's have a good time with the politics. As always, be safe, stay healthy, mask up, stay socially distanced, and you have a good night. <laughs>